friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit Shower Shave. Uh, I know it's been a while, but you know, life happens as mom, as wife, as a all person trying to build a brand. It just gets a little crazy and busy. Um, as you ladies know, or at least some of you know, we had our Mother's Day trip, which was thoroughly amazing. Um, our 2018 mom Mother's Day break, not mom break, uh, Mother's Day break in Dominican Republic at Sunscape. I want to thank all of the 18 moms who attended. Um, I know that seems like a small number. It may seem like a small number to me. It seems like a very large number. Uh, when I planned this in my mind, I said, you know, 10 is a good number. If I can just get 10 people to go, that would be great. And we ended up with 18 women uh, who had a wonderful time resting, relaxing. I want to say thank you for attending and thank Delta Vacations for, who is not paying this, by the way, uh, but Delta Vacations for making it very easy for that trip to happen. Thanks to Sunscape Dominican Beach, who accommodated us and their spa. I think every single mom on that trip went to the spa. It was like magic in every one of those women hands. It was like a great body scrub. It was a great massage. It was, I think, definitely what every mom needed for Mother's Day. And thanks to LA at C-Pro Sports, if you go to Dominican Republic, if you go to Sunscape Dominican Beach, check out LA. He was amazing. He was able to organize an awesome um, boat ride cruise that we took on Mother's Day where I think about half of us had drinks and rum. We went snorkeling. We went into, uh, they had like a natural pool in the middle of the ocean. It was just a wonderful, relaxing, chill day. And I think I echo all the moms who attended that I remember my first Mother's Day away from my children, and it was amazing, which is why I am planning Mother's Day break every year. But the other thing is that you don't realize the break that you need until you get it. And there were people who had never been out of the country before. There was one mom who left her 18-month-old daughter, and I give her super-duper props because uh, I don't know that I would have been able to do that, but every mom needs a break, and that is really what Mother's Day is about. Time to rest, rejuvenate, get yourself back to where you, you know, center yourself. Uh, I had a room to myself. I slept in a bed. Suckily, I woke up at 6.30 in the morning every morning and just forced myself to go back to sleep. But um, it was just a great time to not have any plans, to not worry about dinner or basketball or dance or lunch or school or driving or anything. I think all of us took many, 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 many drinks and shots and were able to really just, you know, chill, reconnect with your friends, reconnect with moms you did not know. Uh, on Mother's Day, I actually had the opportunity. I mean, throughout the weekend, I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of the moms that I did not know, majority of them, and really talk through, you know, everybody is experience is different, but we all are kind of experiencing the same things. And that, again, for me, reinforces a lot of the times where I'm like, am I really doing this for the right reasons? Does it make sense? Is it making an impact? And when you sit down and you talk to women who 
waited till later in life to have a kid and may have struggled or uh, women who experienced miscarriage or loss or are, you know, raising their kids by themselves and you all can sit down and have a conversation and you can realize you're not alone or you can tell somebody, oh, I experienced that too. And you have a connection from that point. I think that really is also what Mother's Day break was about. And also for a lot of the reason what shit shower shave is about, uh, the idea that you are not alone in this everyday struggle. And, and a lot of times you do, I feel like I'm by myself. I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I the only person who has to do this? Am I the only person whose kid has to walk, watch Paw Patrol 150,000 times? Am I the only person whose 14 year old son doesn't care about anything but money and coming to my house and washing their clothes or leaving them in the, in the dish, in the laundry and making me do them like am I the only one and you're not you're not alone and I think that is again one of the reasons I did that and Mother's Day break you know while you know you end up talking about your kids most of the time once you become a mom anyway you also are able to you know unwind relax dance to Drake dance to Beyonce have a drink get tipsy stay up till two in the morning sleep till you want to go to the spa just live your life and kind of reminisce and take that time to recharge so again thank all of the women who were able to make it I am thoroughly and actively researching locations for our 2019 event and definitely will be putting that information out to you all as well as working on some other things for this year so I will be keeping you all posted um so with that that is kind of the intro and thank you I wanted to talk about there and then talk about more breaks so it is what is it almost June I know here in Georgia we've had Memorial Day which that break is just rude like I really am over and I've said this so many times, I'm really over school and daycare just being like, mm, no, give us money, but you need to stay home with your kids. Like three days at home with my children is very stressful for me. I don't know if it's stressful for anybody else. I try to limit my kids' TV time. So I try to be like, oh, don't watch TV during the week because I want you to get your fine motor skills together or whatever. When I tell y'all the way that my week was set up this week, they could watch all the TV. They went, my son watched all the Paw Patrol he wanted to. And I finally had to switch it to Super Y because I was like, now, wait a minute. Your brain might be going away to mush at this point. So I definitely um, let them do whatever. But now I'm kind of paying the price because now he's very, very whiny because I'm like, no, you can't watch TV. You can't watch TV. And he's falling out in the middle of the floor like he's crazy. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, this is what breaks do to you. Like Memorial Day break, a day that I had to keep my kids we are also going into summer break. And let me tell y'all a secret. When I was a kid, I didn't go to nobody's goddamn $2,500 for two months summer camp. I also didn't spend go to daycare where it costs like seven Gs a year either. So, you know, inflation is something. But the fact that I'm over here really budgeting and planning how I'm going to pay for summer activities is goddamn ludicrous. The YMCA is probably the most affordable option. So my husband really wants our kids to do like STEM camps and all these other camps. I'm like, we can't afford that. 
Like, that is expensive. Like, no, this uh, we cannot afford it. Oh, $800 for one week. Who got $800 for a week? I'm not rich. I don't think most people are rich. So, yeah, I don't really understand where this is coming from, but it has really become a problem. And I think I've gotten to the crux of it. You know, when we were younger, or at least when I was younger, my grandmother was older. And this is about to be no knock to anybody. But, like, I had an older grandmother. I also had an older father. So, like, people went down south to their grandmother's house. So they went to their grandmother's house for the summer. Or I have a friend who her kids leave for, like, a month and a half. They go to their grandparents' house. Wonderful, great. I don't have that option. My mother and my in-laws want to be out kicking it and live their life. Not an issue or a problem. Except that is the like trend because like most people are not spending time with their grandparents, whether or not it's like because they live far away or their grandparents just want to live their life. Whatever the reason is, it is costing us and our household a lot of money. So I really need to figure out like, is there like a, um, what do you call it? Like a parent share, something you can do. I guess nanny shares work, but like, God, summer is so long. This is why I'm a proponent for year-round school, because this is just too much. Like summer camp, and it's just, it it really stresses me out, because the summertime, all they really want to do is sit on their ass at home and watch TV, but you can't do that for small kids, so you got to pay for them to go somewhere. And then for your older kids, you want to have them prepped in some enrichment program to where they're doing something with their life, and they can get out of your house with a scholarship, hopefully when they go to school, or they can get in some charter school. And so you're like out here just doing the most. Like my son is an AAU, which y'all already know I've talked about. It's too goddamn expensive. But also this summer, they want us to take off work for a week to go to Orlando. And I was like, who the hell has a week to take off work? And y'all also want this money because the hotel is also like $700 for the week. I got to get to Orlando. I got to eat while I'm in Orlando. And I've also paid y'all money. Like this, these things are rackets. Like I wish I was the person who would figure out to do like any of these things. Like in reality, I think I should open up a daycare center because they are the people who are really winning. Like not winning. Winning is relative because all of them don't really pay well. But somebody is getting rich and I need to figure out who it is because daycare is ludicrous with cost. And like summer camp, shit, for two months, we're paying like $2,500 for two months of the Y and some other stuff. Like she's doing some other stuff. But compared to like one of my kids in daycare is like 7000 So like summer is, girl, y'all, I'm tired. I'm terrible at math. Maybe a third. So I'm paying a third of the year of daycare in summer camp just because these people know that you're desperate and have a job and you can't be like, oh, I'm going to take all two months in summer to watch my kids. This is why the system is rigged against us. Moms, we need to band together and be like, no, find jobs that will like give us like this is this is the problem with America. Jobs don't give you enough time. You try to bank all this time. Now you you if your kids weren't sick half the time during the year because mine were. You may have enough time to take off two weeks in the summer, but you certainly don't have enough time to take them in a goddamn two months. And then who wants to be at, their, at home with their kids for two goddamn months? Like, what the F? 
that's just too long. I don't even want to be in the house with my kids for three days straight, let alone two months. So I just got to figure it out. Moms, y'all got to figure it out with me. Like, send me some, like, clues, some something, because it's too much. Because also, here, again, like I talked about earlier, when the school year began, in Georgia, they get out before Memorial Day. But they also go back August 1st, which I think is crazy. But so now I'm like, hey, y'all, what you doing? You need to get out. Get up, do something. All they want to do is sleep. So my summer break has already started. I'm interested to know what other people are doing with their summer break because all it is is this whole episode is about breaks. Mother's Day break, which was very relaxing. The summer break, which is very stressful. And the other break that I'm having is a mental break. Not in like, oh, I'm taking a rest. But as I have mentioned before, uh, we are taking care of my father who is ill and older. Uh, and I learned an interesting word. Well, I'll back up. Before I learned the interesting word, I had gotten to a point to where I was like super duper duper stressed, like irritated with my kids every day, going off, going crazy, like everything. I couldn't focus. It was re- it was becoming, I had anxiety all the time. It was becoming very stressful for me to live my day-to-day life. I didn't have any motivation to do anything. I was just very overwhelmed. I started having this anxiety when I flew. Like it was just a lot of things going on. And I looked at my life and said, okay, something has got to change. I don't know what it is, but something has to change. And I've had uh, bouts of depression in the past. So I was like, okay, this isn't really depression, but like it's something in that family. So I made an appointment. Again, I have always been a proponent. Go sit on somebody's couch. There's nothing wrong with it. Mental health is just as important as physical health, but go talk to somebody, a friend, a colleague, a professional, a somebody that you can like talk to. So what I found out, um, my father does have stage four terminal prostate cancer that has spread to his lungs. And what it ended up being was I had lots of anxiety to the point where there were moments I was having a panic attacks. I was having like chest pains, but the anxiety was playing itself out in irritation with my husband, with my kids, withdrawing from like doing things. And I think the I figured out it was an issue when I was drinking every day. I had probably gained 10 to 15 pounds. Not like just because I was like eating crazy. I was drinking and, you know, drinking is sugar. And, you know, it wasn't like a glass of wine. It was like a bottle of wine. Um, So I went to talk to, I guess, social worker therapist. I don't really know what the clinical term would be. Um, and I was telling her everything going on with my life. And she was like, how have you lasted this long without talking to somebody? Um, and I was like, you know, it's just my life. It's just my life. It's just what I deal with. It's my every day. It's my, it's my reality at this point. Um, and once I verbalized everything, like when I looked and I looked at everything on, on the plate and I said, well, damn, this is a lot. I have two small children. I have my two bonus children. I have my husband. I have an elderly parent that I'm caring for, that I'm a caregiver for. 
and I have a job and I'm trying to start a, a business, a platform, a community to help and tell people that this, this kind of thing is okay. It happens. Um, and I realized it was too much. But I also realized there were some things I had not verbalized. I had not verbally come to the realization that there are, my issue is with control. So with my father and with a parent who is elderly, you don't have any control over what is going on with them. I can't fix it the same way if you have a child. You can't, I can't fix it for them. I can't make him better. I can't, um, change his condition. And so I'm physically watching somebody who is deteriorating in front of my eyes. And the therapist said, well, if you're used to being in control and you're used to changing situations and you can't, why do you think that that wouldn't cause you anxiety? And I said, well, I didn't think about it that way. Um, and so, you know, I went to the first appointment and I was like, okay, you know, that's a, that's the thing. And the step that she told me to take, she said, ask for help. And I've talked about on here how really hard it is for me to ask for help. Help is like a foreign word to me because, A, with my husband, I'm like, why should I have to ask for help? Like, you see what's going on? And she was like, no, that's not it. Men don't think the same way that we do. They don't process through all the steps. They don't, um, their cognition is not the same. They don't. They're not as process driven as we are. So he, she was like, no, you may have to like ask for help. And you also have to be okay with the help that he gives you. Um, so that was part of it. And she was like, you have to start taking some time for yourself. And you also have to deal with the fact that you have, a, a, you are a caregiver to someone. And the term, back to the term she was telling me, was you live in a sandwich household which is a multi-generational household. And I had literally never heard this term before. It's basically when you are in the middle of a generation that's above you, so your parents, and a generation that's under you, which is your kids. So you feel pressure from both sides to do something. And I was like, well, goddamn, that makes perfect sense. How did I not come up with that myself? Because I was feeling that. Like, my mom doesn't live with me, but she's here in Atlanta. And, like, there's all these pressures that I feel from, from her and from taking care of my father. And then I have, um, meet my husband and I, and then we have these children who half of them are unable to fend for themselves. And the other half are constantly in need of something. Like my husband and I looked up and we had been traveling for probably eight to 10 weekends straight, whether or not it was driving to dance or going to AAU and we would have to split it up. So the other part of it was I was like, I literally had no intimacy. I had no time with my husband because all we were doing was working and taking care of people. So I say all that to get to kind of, I, I really did have to ask for help, which is the hardest thing in the world to do. If any of y'all are like me, asking for help is like asking somebody to pull your tooth out because it's like, I could just do it myself faster. But what I realized is, I could release some of that stuff and it'd be okay. Just because I'm asking somebody to help me pick up my kids, that doesn't mean that I'm less of a mom. Just because I am getting them McDonald's or they're eating cereal for dinner 
uh, cause I grew up in a household where we had full fledged, like four course, three course meals every day. Um, it's okay if they eat cereal for dinner. It's okay that, you know, everything is not perfect because if I, if perfection is at the sacrifice of self, it doesn't mean anything. And I did just come up with that by myself, y'all. No, I'm joking. Um, but I, that I was striving for everything to be perfect and I was killing myself. Um, and I had to think about, you know, in March, you know, y'all listened to the Mind Your Business episode when it was talking about be mindful of yourself. And I really did leave there being like, yes, 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 yes. And then after that, I found out while I was there, I found out I had a fibroid. And then I was dealing with that. And then, you know, I was planning this trip for the podcast and I was taking care of my father and I was trying to do an 80th birthday party. Like I was tr- I was killing myself trying to take care of other people and I was not listening and I was not minding my business and I had to take the time I broke like I broke and it it wasn't a complete break it wasn't a I'm laying on the floor crying and all that and if and if it was that it's fine and if some of y'all experience it it is completely fine it is okay to break breaking is okay because you can you can get back up and you can put yourself back together And I continued to go and I continued to talk and I continued to do the work because the other thing is the self-work is just as important as any other relationship work because work is work. It doesn't matter, you know, who it's for. You have to work on a relationship with your children. You have to work on a relationship with your spouse. You have to work on a relationship with yourself because yourself is all you really have. And I was not feeding myself. I mean, I was feeding myself. I was feeding myself wine and anxiety and stress and everything else that was not helping me to be the best wife, mother, person, employee, daughter. Um, And I had to fix it. And I had to ask for help. And I had to start communicating my needs because also is my needs are less important than everybody else's needs. Why, why would I, you know, put my needs before the needs of my parent who is literally dying in front of me. And where we are now is, you know, we, we have a very limited time with him. Uh, and I appreciate that I've been able to do it. Um, I always thought like my father is, he was 44 when he had me. So he was, he was an older parent before it was cool to be an older parent. Um, so in high school, my father was like the age of people's grandfathers. And I always thought that he would be this perfect, strong, um, amazing person forever and where we are now is I'm taking care of somebody who can't take care of themselves and while part of it it part of it hurts me it breaks my heart um because he's not the person that I know or the person I saw or any of that but the thing that makes me happy is I always assumed that you know, I would get this random call one day and I would not be able to take it. And I would be like, oh, Lord, take me. Like all the <laughs> the dramatic things we see in movies, which is fine because that could have been me. But 
and it is some people, but I do feel lucky and blessed that I've been able to spend the last year and a half with him. And my kids have been able to spend the last year and a half with him. And I think about um, people who don't have the best relationships with their parents or siblings or, you know, whoever it is. And you don't know or think about what could happen. You know, anybody could easily walk outside today and something happened. It doesn't mean that you have to have some terminal illness, you have to be sick and you have to any of that. Like it, nobody knows the time or the place. Um, but I feel lucky that I have been able to spend this time to grow our relationship and have my children have a relationship with their grandfather who they won't remember for all intents and purposes. They won't. My kids are three and two. Um, they won't remember this time. They'll have pictures. They'll have this. They won't remember it, but he will. Like my father will. My father will leave this earth knowing his grandkids and they will, for the short duration of time, remember um, Papa Charlie. Um, so while it's been a, a, a while off, um, all of these things have been going on, but also most of y'all know I try to be as transparent as possible and breaking was really what it took for me to have to be able to rebuild myself up. Um, people always <laughs> say I'm very pragmatic. I'm very um, strategic in thought and like it's very black and white and it's not really black and white, but it's like it's this or that. Like there's no in between. And I really have had to now reapproach my life with uh, um a, a different attitude and I also have gotten some really good life lessons or some really good things from some other people you know I've learned the term sandwich family I've learned the term self-care uh minding my own business and like caregiver burnout um and I didn't think about it. Like, you know, you, you know, you have kids and you take your kids and you do, there is parental burnout. Like if it's not a, it's not a documented thing, it really exists. Cause I have been parental burnout. Um, but caregiver burnout is also a thing. And it's a thing that, that more people experience. Cause you know, you never know what your parent's situation is going to be. Everybody doesn't go to a nursing home and everybody doesn't want to be in a nursing home. And, we really rearranged our life to be able to have him here with us. And it wasn't a plan that we had. Um, but sometimes you make sacrifices to do the things that are important for your life. And for me, it was important, but also me coming to grips with a lot of things required for me to break. And we always look at, um, as, as me as a female and as a woman, as a mother, I always feel like, I have to be so strong. I have to, you know, nothing moves without me. The, 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 the boats don't move on time. The cars don't move on time. The ship doesn't operate if I'm not at 100%. And the reality is it doesn't have to. They don't have, everybody doesn't have to be everywhere all the time on time. Some days you're going to be late and that's okay. Some days we're not going to have dinner. Some days, you know, your kid's going to look a mess. Some days they daddy going to do their hair and they just, just it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, but other days it won't be that. And I think 
for me, I had to really learn that that was okay because I think as women and as mothers, we feel so much pressure for things to be perfect. I talked to a mom not too long ago and she was like, you know, I had my kids young and I had to make sure that every single day that they left the house, they looked amazing because I never wanted somebody to judge my kids. And that is the pressure that society puts on us. But some of that is pressure we put on ourselves. And I challenge you all listening to release that pressure from yourself because with every other thing that you're stressed and worried about, are my kids growing correctly? Are they learning enough? Am I giving them enough? Am I not giving them too much? With all the other things, feeling societal pressure should not be one of them. Uh, the funny mama who y'all have um, seen me with before, one of her things that like always cracks me up is she'd be like, judge your mama. And that's real. Like, you can't judge people in people in glasses houses can't throw stones. And I think there's a lot of mom shaming and mom judging, whether it's about losing weight after you have a kid, whether it's about what you feed your kid, whether it's whatever it is, we are all out here trying to do the best that we goddamn can. And some days that shit is not organic food. Some days that is not me doing my kids' hair is they daddy doing their hair and my daughter look like she put her finger in a light socket. Like some days it is okay. And in the words of the funny mama, judge your mama because don't judge me. If you have enough time to sit around and judge somebody else, that means you have too much goddamn time on your hands and you need to be doing something else. So that's really all that I had this week. Um, clearly it's a lot going on. Um, thank y'all for continuing to be patient and to listen. Um, I will keep y'all updated on my current situation. If there are any people out there listening, or if you know somebody who is going through kind of what I'm going through, um, definitely hit me up. It is something that I'm not necessarily, I haven't been super sharing on social, um, but I have shared on here a little bit and it's tough because there are a lot of things that I wouldn't there are a lot of things that I just mentally was not prepared for. Um, he's currently in hospice and um, it's kind of like I have another child. Um, I bathe him. I, you know, I care for him the same way I would um, a baby. And it's kind of the circle of life. You know, you, you come into the world and you can't really do for yourself and you um, need help and assistance and love and caring and some of us, when we transition out of life, we need love and help and support and care and somebody to, you know, wipe our butt and somebody to, you know, help us or pick us up or all those things. And it's a lot of stuff I just didn't know. Uh, I didn't know to even think about. Like, it's just, it's kind of the same like when you have a baby. You don't know till you're there. Um like all the times where I've told y'all, like, check on your insurance policy, check on this, check on that. It's the same way when you have somebody transitioning out of the world as it is when you have somebody transitioning in the world. Check your insurance policy. Make sure your parent has an insurance policy. Make sure you have an insurance policy. It's nothing worse than thinking and having to frantically figure out something else. And we're not there as of the moment, but it's a lot of paperwork we had to do. We had to figure out um, where are the insurance policies? Do we have power of attorneys? Um, what are his wishes? Uh, do you want, because at the end of the day, sorry to cut myself off, at the end of the day, 
everybody will be in the situation of having to deal with a parent who is transitioning somewhere, um, unless your parent has already transitioned. But there's a lot of things to think about before that happens. Um, do they want um, to be buried or do they want to be cremated or what do they want? Um, and a lot of times, like for my father, he was like, no, I'll leave that up to you. It's up to you. And I was like, no, you are of sound mind and body and this is your decision. It's not my life. I'm here to do what you want me to do. I'm here to, to see it through to the end. But at the end of the day, they are your decisions. Um, but it's a lot of things that you just do not know about, which is, I think, how people get over on you. So there is this thing called pre-planning. You can pre-plan end-of-life care and transition. It's like a, a, a nice way of saying that. Um, so you can, this is going to sound so bad, y'all. I feel really bad. But I'll compare it to, like, when you have a baby. So, like, you look at your health insurance policy and you, you know, hopefully people who have not had babies – that are listening, um, you're maxing out what you can and you're making sure your um, deductible is low for if you're planning on having a baby so you're spending the less, least amount out of pocket. End of life is the same way. You want to maximize um, or minimize the collateral cost um, by pre-planning and getting all the information so you can make an educated decision, not an emotional decision. And that would probably be the best advice that I would be able to give is to do your due diligence and research before if you have the opportunity to, because from what I have heard, a lot of people will sell things to people in an emotional state because again, that's a business. The same way having a baby is a business, transitioning somebody is a business. And I didn't know that until I had to start thinking about all of those things. And I had the luxury of being able to think about that. But I would say um, to anybody who has parents that are aging or, you know, you may not have parents that are aging now, but it's something really good to think about um, what they would want. Um, do they have insurance? Do they have um, like power of attorneys for financial stuff and land and all that kind of stuff because especially thank the lord i don't have any siblings but i know families who fight tooth nail cat dog because they arguing over some money or some land or a house or a whatever it is um so i would just if anybody's in that situation i would definitely say think about that um but also think about not being broken and not allowing yourself to get to the point where you do break like i got real close to breaking, but it was because I was unwilling to deal with the reality of my situation, whether that was me being overexhausted because I'm dealing with my kids too much and not asking for help, or I'm exerting too much energy at work, or whatever it is. You have to learn what your triggers are, and I very much so know mine and can recognize them. But again, it's back to that episode of minding your business, and I wasn't minding mine. Um, so that's what I would challenge you all for this week. Um, that's all folks. Uh, sorry, I didn't really plan for this to be like so somber. And I, and, it, and I, and I will say this currently I'm sad is not the word that I am. Um, again, I feel very blessed. I have a wonderful, great support system. I have a supportive husband. My mother is being very supportive. I have supportive in-laws. I have a supportive sister. I have supportive friends. I have lots and lots and lots of support. 
Um, so I don't want it to, to seem like I'm spending every day crying. I'm laying in bed depressed, which may happen. Um, but I think the point of this was to talk about how I was broken, how I, I am on the path to being unbroken and how I tell you all it's okay to be there. It's okay to ask for help. Um, and it's okay to also mend and communicate. Um, cause a byproduct of, of mine was, you know, I was going, I was talking to the therapist, I was talking to all these people and people were like, you're not really mentioning your husband. And I was like, well, I, he's not adding stress to my life. Like, you know, he's not a factor in the stress or anxiety component of my life. But what I found was we weren't really doing that much together and it was affecting my relationship. And, you know, we really had to work to get back to, I mean, we weren't in a bad place, but, you know, he felt like he was number 50 on my list. And I was like, I would never want you to feel that way. Like you are really number one number like 1.5 because I'm dealing with, you know, a situation that's not going to last forever. But I had to really think about how I was impacting how he felt about the situation. I didn't think about that. And I think also a lot of times women will put our kids first, we'll put everything else first. And our husbands are just kind of on the back burner, like, oh, he'll be there. And that's not always the case because they have feelings and they have needs, emotional and physical, um, that should be met and can be met, but you just have to work at it. Um, and then not work in like a hard way, like, oh my gosh, I go to work, I work out so hard. Um, but making, I had to make sure that I was being cognizant of the fact that I can't go to bed every night and be exhausted. And actually, Desiree said this on a way earlier episode. She was like, if I could go back, when my husband was asking me to roll over at 2 in the morning, I would roll over. Not because she didn't want to, because she was too tired. And sometimes we do have to think about how everything impacts somebody else in our life, specifically our spouses or our significant others, because those, are, at the end of the day, those are the people who are going to be there forever. Hopefully. That's the person you want to be with forever, and that's the person you really can connect and lean on when you are about to break. I wasn't communicating to my husband that I was broken. I wasn't communicating how stressed I was. I wasn't communicating my anxiety, and that led to a lot of the issues that I had because I wasn't asking for help. And again, asking my husband for help wasn't really asking him for help. I was he was he was like I'm here. I just don't know what you want me to do. Um, so again, we have to, I had to, and we have to stop trying to be so strong like we don't need help. And it's nothing wrong with submitting and asking for help and being vulnerable and all those things that sometimes imply weakness. It is nothing wrong with any of them. And it is okay for your husband or your man or your significant other to help you. Um, we want somebody to take care of us. Emotionally is also a way they can take care of us. So with that, hopefully, see, I got it back to a circle, hopefully a positivity, um, but check us out on all forms of social media, Instagram, which is hilarious of a myself, so myself, um, 
Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, which I'm trying to be more active on that, y'all. Lord, I'm not 12, so it's really hard for me, or 14. Um, Insta stories. I believe that in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be launching a closed Facebook group so all of you moms listening can request to be added and y'all can air all all the frustrations you want my kids are acting like assholes my husband's acting like asshole I can't stand these kids I can't stand this school I can't whatever all those things are um we um I will be launching that so I will definitely let you know when that is um it is the summertime so I'm actively 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 recording there are some events that I think that we'll be attending and some other things in the pipeline. So definitely stay tuned. If you have any questions, want to reach out, you can reach out to us on any of our, us, me, on any of our social media handles. And that's all, folks. Have a good week.